Hello there. You gave me your number, and you should know I'm your biggest fan. Rain's all right. I like her. But Chris, it's all about you. So a topic I'd like to have talked about is cock. Anything and everything to do about cock. I just love everything about cock. I'm listening to you right now, and I just don't hear enough cock talk. I'd like more cock. Long ones, skinny ones, fat ones, all of them. They're all nice and good, especially when they're hard, even when they're soft, dripping, just cock. Did I mention I love cock? You can have a show dedicated to cock. Just that would be the best. Thank you. Your wish is granted. Welcome, friends, to another Tales from the Malleus Maleficarum. We all know that there is a vile evil that spreads throughout the land, that the devil's shadow lurks in the darkened corners of our world, tempting wayward women into packs and training them in the black art of Flaying the souls of good, God-fearing men. These whores of Satan have many ways of bewitching men and robbing them of their power. Be not so foolish as to delude yourself that witches don't dwell amongst us. Engaged in dubious battle for your immortal essence. Of all the depraved acts in which these hell harlots engage is none more heinous than when they work their sinister necromancy on the root of a man's potency, his treasured phallus. We have described in past tales how these witches hold the ability to obfuscate a penis from its master. I'm sure there is not one among you who does not know a man who has been tricked in this way, having his most prized member hidden from sight so as to cause it to fully disappear, leaving its owner with no more than a smooth mound of flesh in its stead. We have recounted tales of such men confronting the perpetrators of this heinous crime against them and victoriously being able to beat and choke the offending enchantress until she agrees to touch him and restore his lost vitality. 
However, we warn you that no narrative we have presented before is as foul as the one we lay before you tonight. You have been justly warned, and we pray that you take this cautionary tale to heart so that the same wretched fate does not befall you as well, dear listener. I pray the Lord forgives me for my sins. I know now that I wandered far from the path he had set before me. I succumbed to the devil's vices of drink and loose women. That is how I found myself wandering these dark woods tonight, so far from where this day began. I awoke with the cock's crow, following a night of debauchery not unlike many others in which I have frittered away my life. On waking, I knew all was not right with the world. Without looking, I knew my member was gone. Further examination confirmed this fact to be so. I knew not what cruel witch had purloined my manliness during my drunken slumber. I wandered the day, feeling lost to this world, knowing that there be no reason for me to continue with this life now that I was destitute of manhood. Until I alighted on the memory that a barman had once claimed that a witch frequented the crossroads deep in these woods. I arrived at the spot in the gloaming of the day and found an old crone standing near a tangled bramble, shading herself from the dying light of the sun and embracing the darkness of the night that was chasing it over the horizon. I approached her and implored. Please, I beg of you. I have been bewitched by I know not who. On this very day, upon arising from my bed, to my horror, I discovered that my phallus had been cleaved from my body. My only hope is that you might restore to me my life's purpose. Hearing my plea, she laughed amusedly to herself, then thrust a twisted, taloned finger towards a large tree set a few yards back from off the road. I laughed in that tree in a high-bowed nest. You will find a prick huddled with all the rest. Choose one from among the cocks galore. Bring it to me, and I will make you whole once more. In the fresh moonlight, I cautiously left the path and approached the indicated tree. The lowest branch was far above the ground, causing me to leap into the air to grasp hold, and then with all my strength, pull myself up to the unsteady perch. I then began the task of limb by limb, scaling the ancient spire into the darkening night. Unearthly noises from the surrounding woods assaulted my ears, bringing to mind all numbers of unknown demons that haunt these woods. I climbed higher still, 
until above my head came into view what appeared to be the outline of a large bird's nest. Growing near, I saw the nest shaking with the movement of restless creatures and heard the distinctive sound of wet flesh abrading wet flesh. Reaching the nest's anchoring bow, I peered inside. In the luminescence of the moon, I saw a writhing mass of twenty or thirty phalluses entangled, slithering like a den of vipers. All was moist as they appeared to be drooling from their tips and feeding upon the oats and other grains scattered around for sustenance, like pigs in mud. For a moment, I sat there aghast at the sight, but I was finally graced with lucidity again, and knew that I must select one to be mine. I had always been a man of modest endowment, and so my eye was drawn to the largest and fattest of the litter. With my heart full of hubris, I snatched it from amongst its peers and slowly made my descent from the lofty roost. Reaching the ground with my prize, I approached the old woman once again. I have done as you have asked. I ascended to the nest and plucked this pecker from its lair. Now please make me whole again. So you have chosen the largest of the lot, proving you are just as vain as I had thought. You contemptible, self-indulgent fool. I would gladly give you any other tool. But I will not give you this squirming little beast, for it belongs to the parish priest. With my last remaining hope of wholeness firmly in her hand, she turned and disappeared into the forest. Here I find myself condemned to walk this earth, no longer a man. Just wanted to say, cock. Audio Research Journal, Friday, January 17th. I'm afraid that I may have come upon some ancient information that someone doesn't want the world to know. I've been investigating antique symbols and artwork and believe I found a commonality between them all. If what I've uncovered is to be believed, then it might be evidence to a practice long thought to be folklore. Could a part of this ancient coven still be alive and active today? I arrived home today and found my house ransacked and my notes missing. All the doors were still locked and there was no sign of forced entry. 
inventorying the rest of the house, I discovered the remnants of a fire that had been lit in the fireplace. And, sifting through the ashes and the burnt debris, I found the charred remains of my papers. Thankfully, I always keep backups in a secure location. If anything, this event has only galvanized me forward in my research. If this malevolence is still present in the world, the people have a right to know. Cock. 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 Doctor, I need help. What seems to be the problem? Well, it's kind of embarrassing. Nonsense. I'm a professional. I've heard everything. What's the issue? It's... it's my dick. It's vanishing. Vanishing? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's see what's going on. Ah. There is a problem here, yes. What, what is it? You are afflicted with a classic case of Koro. What is Koro? I'm so glad you asked. Koro, also known as shrinking penis, is a delusional disorder in which an individual has an overpowering belief that their sex organs are retracting and will disappear, despite the lack of of any true long-standing changes to the genitals. The syndrome occurs worldwide, and mass hysteria of genital shrinkage anxiety has a history in Africa, Asia, and Europe. Like with the laughing epidemic, mass cases of coral can strike and afflict multiple people. It's like picking up a cold, but as opposed to having a runny nose, you and everyone around you is convinced that your penises are vanishing. In the United States and Europe, the syndrome was known as genital retraction syndrome. The word was borrowed from Malay and means turtle. Patients report acute anxiety attacks due to perceived genital retraction and or genital shrinkage, despite a lack of any objectively visible changes to the genitalia that are longstanding. Longstanding refers to changes that are sustained over a significant period and do not appear reversible unlike the effect of cold temperatures that can cause retraction. These changes may trigger a coro attack when observed, although the effects of cold temperatures are objectively reversible. Most men can step out of a skinny dipping swim in some cold water and not be too traumatized if they look down, but for some men it can trigger the absolute certainty that your genitals are vanishing on you. According to literature, episodes usually last several hours, although the duration may be as long as two days. There are cases in which coro symptoms persist for years in a chronic state. In addition to retraction, other symptoms include a perception of alteration of penis shape and loss of penile muscle tone. Psychological components of coro anxiety include fear of impending death, penile dissolution, and loss of sexual power. Feelings of impending death along with retraction have a strong cultural link in Chinese traditional beliefs. 
This is demonstrated by the fact that Asians generally believe that Karo's symptoms are fatal, unlike most patients in the West. Other themes are intra-abdominal organ shrinkage, sex change to female or eunuch, nonspecific physical danger, urinary obstruction, sterility, impending madness, spirit possession, and a feeling of being bewitched. Sufferers may resort to physical methods to prevent the believed retraction of the penis. A man may perform manual or mechanical penile traction or anchoring by a loop of string or some clamping device. Physical injury may occur from these attempts. These attempts often lead to injury up to and even including death. How did he die? By overvigorous tugging of his dick is an awkward conversation to have with someone. A physical examination should include an assessment of overall health along with a detailed genital examination. The genital examination should be performed immediately after penile exposure to avoid changes due to external temperature. The primary intent of the male exam is to exclude genuine penile abnormalities. Careful measurement of flaccid length, stretched length, and flaccid girth will also be useful. If male patients insist that their penis is shrinking and disappearing, measurements may be used in the office to determine the true erect length and to diagnose any penile abnormalities in the erect state. A physical examination should note any injuries inflicted by the patient in an effort to prevent retraction as further confirmation of coro. I'm not seeing any damage here, so that is a good sign. Let me just make some quick measurements here real fast. Where did that ruler go? Ah, there it is. Hold still. In China, traditional treatment based on the causes suggested by cultural beliefs are administered to the patient. Praying to gods and asking Taoist priests to perform exorcism is common. If a fox spirit is believed to be involved, people may hit gongs or beat the person to drive it out. Ow! What was that for? I'm just covering all my bases, just in case you're possessed by a fox spirit that is making you think your dick is vanishing on you, I have to hit you. It's the treatment. I promise I derive no pleasure from it. Ow! The person will receive a yang or ying augmenting Chinese medical potion, usually including herbs, tiger, deer, or fur seal penis. Other foods for therapy are pepper soup, ginger soup, and liquor. If anxiety is causing you to worry about the state of your dick, getting drunk can help with the anxiety. A 1992 study suggests that in China, coral victims are usually male, young, single, poorly educated, and fearful of supernatural forces and coral. You aren't poorly educated, and you have no fear of supernatural forces, so I guess we can rule that out. The phenomenon is also found among overseas Chinese in Southeast Asia and less frequently among the Malay and Indonesian inhabitants of the countries. Sporadic cases of Koro among people with non-Southeast Asia ethnicity have been reported across the globe, including Nigerian, French, British, American, and Canadian victims. Local official records indicate genital retraction epidemics in China as early as the late 19th century. There were a series of outbursts in 1948, 1955, 1966, and 1974, 
followed by the last widespread episode in 1984-1985. The 1984-85 epidemics lasted for over a year and affected over 3,000 persons in 16 cities and provinces. A mental health campaign was conducted for the epidemic, and since then, no further episodes have occurred in China. Improvement in local economic conditions, associated with a better quality of life, is suggested to contribute to the fading of the occurrences of coral. An epidemic struck Singapore in October 1967 that lasted for about 10 days. Newspapers reported that some people developed coro after eating the meat of pigs inoculated with a vaccine for swine influenza. Rumors relating eating pork and coro spread after a further report of inoculated pig dying from kenile retraction. According to the story, the pig died from how deeply its dick retracted into its body. The cases reported amounted to 97 in a single hospital unit within one day. Government and medical officials alleviated the outbreak only by public announcements over television and in the newspapers. You know things are getting bad when the government has to step in and calm everyone down about the state of their genitals. An outbreak in November 1976 in Thailand caused at least 350 cases. Popular opinion and news media echoed the victim's projection of viewing the epidemic as caused by Vietnamese food and tobacco poisoning in a hideous assault against the Thai people. Those sneaky Vietnamese and their food that makes your dick disappear? A mass coro epidemic was reported in labor camps in South India in 2010 among the migrant labor population. The epidemic spread to about 100 individuals in three labor camps within two weeks. In the 1970s and early 1980s, newspapers reported incidents of genital shrinkage in western Nigeria. Victims in the African outbreaks often interpreted the experience as genital theft accusing someone with whom they had contact of stealing the organ and the spiritual essence, causing impotence. The perceived motive for theft was associated with local occult belief to feed the spiritual agency or to hold the genitals for ransom. Cases were reported where mobs attacked individuals accused of the penis theft, and authorities ordered security forces to curb the violence following the deaths of five people by vigilantes. Yes, we live on a planet where men get so worked up over the state of their precious penis that mobs have killed innocent people over the belief that they stole their dicks. If only these mobs could realize the true state of dickonomics. The market is flooded. Dick is abundant and low in value. Nobody is trying to steal your dick. Well... You're not Asian, so it is highly unlikely you are possessed by a fox spirit that is tampering with your genitals. But I should hit you one more time just to be on the safe side. Ow! I'm going to refer you to a psychiatrist for further treatment. Stop worrying quite so much about your dick. Take a deep breath with me. Use your entire lung. Count to ten. One, two, three, four, and five, relax. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 
previously on Dirty Talk After, After Hours. Hours. Yeah, you ready for this final volley? I'm ready. All right, let's, let's do, do it. All right, hunker down. Oh shit, it looks like they're regrouping. Ah! What are they doing over there? Oh crap! Ah! Incoming! After Hours, available exclusively on Patreon every Monday morning. If you do want to get access to the Dirty Talk After Hours podcast, you can get it in one of two ways. You can follow Rain DeGray on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Rain DeGray. You have to type it out exactly. I'm not searchable because I'm naughty. She has been blacklisted. She's in the adult ghetto. I'm a bad, bad girl. Or you can head on over to our brand spanking new shiny Dirty Talk podcast Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Dirty Talk podcast. Either way, if you pledge at $5 a month, you will get exclusive weekly access to the Dirty Talk After Hours podcast. Cock. Cock. Cock, 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 cock. Audio Research Journal, Sunday, January 19th. I'm certain now that I'm being followed. I went to the university today to speak with a colleague about my find. On the streetcar, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. A couple of times I caught a glimpse of a dark form in the peripherals of my sight. However, every time I turned my head to look closer, there was nothing there were only shadows cast upon the buildings by the harsh afternoon sun. After speaking with my friend, he cautioned me about continuing with my study. I may not have been the first to stumble on this truth. He informed me that he knew of some other men that had been following the same path as I. All had met an untimely demise or simply vanished without a trace. Returning home, there was a message for me informing me that my friend, who I had just spoken with a few hours prior, 
had slit his wrists in an apparent suicide. I know he was murdered. I have no doubt. And I will never forgive myself for putting him in mortal danger. I know not who to turn to and refuse to jeopardize anyone else's safety. Audio Research Journal, January 19th, annotated. Inquiring further into my friend's demise, I have learned, as was my initial fear, his body was found to be penisless. It had not been removed from his body. There was just simply nothing there. His pelvis was as smooth as a doll's. Cock. Sense. Penis fencing and the hermaphroditic marine flatworm. We find our unlikely mate pair crossing paths on the sandy bottom of the ocean floor. Unexpectedly encountering each other, each one prepares itself for the impending duel. For the time of procreation is at hand. Simultaneously, they rear up to expose the pointed, dagger-like double penis on their underbelly, neither wishing to be the receptive female in this exchange. Lunging forward and entwining, the battle has begun. The sole driving instinct behind this penile sword fight is to pierce the abdomen of the opponent and hypodermically inject a stream of sperm. Skillfully, they dodge, parry, and thrust their engorged phalluses at their rival, tumbling end over end hoping to drive one of their twin seminal syringes into their adversary. To the victor goes the prize of fatherhood, the unencumbered freedom to wander at whim and engage in further mating combat. The punctured and defeated of the pair is left wounded and impregnated, forced to bear the burden of motherhood and nurture the young to maturity, not being able to participate in copulative conflict until after the offspring have been born. With ferocity, the fight continues for on an hour, neither giving up ground nor being willing to submit to unwanted maternity. Finally, with one final exhausted jab, success. The penis has found its mark. The foe has been run through and the payload has been delivered. Unfortunately, what was not noticed during this act is that the opposing combatant is also triumphant in planting its seed. Neither can claim victory from this challenge. The two separate and go their different ways, cursed with the looming responsibility and inconvenience of parenthood. Cock. 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 Ah, those classical Greek statues. Elegant, refined, chiseled. The finest examples of manhood you could possibly be so lucky 
as to rest your eyeballs on. Truly works of art. Yeah, but I've always wondered about one thing. Yeah, what's that? Were the studios, were all the models that posed for those statues really cold or something? Nope. From head to toe, that is exactly what the ideal male was supposed to look like. The perfect penis was small, thin, and covered by a long, tapered foreskin. The anteater wearing a turtleneck look was what it was all about. No circumcision here. You see, only the uncouth had massive members. Small brains, no refinement, equals dangly dick. Buffoons and barbarians were burdened by big dicks, and large penises were associated with lust and ugliness. In direct contrast to all of the emails I receive on a daily basis, promising me I will become more popular and liked if I take these pills in order to get a bigger dick. Back in the day, I would have avoided those pills like the plague. After all, we all know that a big dick makes you ugly. All representations of large penises in ancient Greek art and literature are associated with foolish men, or satyrs. Satyrs were mythological creatures that were followers of Dionysus, the god of pleasure and wine. Massive members are also associated with the Greek god Priapus. Priapus was a Greek fertility god cursed with a permanent erection, as well as impotence, ugliness, and foul-mindedness. It must be a bit of a headfuck to be cursed with a permanent erection along with simultaneous impotence. Priapus is the son of Aphrodite, goddess of beauty, and Dionysus. While still in the womb, Priapus was cursed by Hera, the wife of Zeus. Hera cursed him because she was pissed at Aphrodite. Priapus, the end result of her curse, was actually so despised by the other gods, he was thrown off Mount Olympus. Probably because his dick kept getting in the way of things. Forever filled with lust, there are several myths in which Priapus tries to rape sleeping goddesses, nymphs, and maidens. But each time, he loses his erection before he can. Cursed in all the ways just because his mother was too hot for her own good. Fun fact, the medical condition known as priapism was named after priapus. It is when an unwanted erection lasts for hours. As classics professor Andrew Lear explains, Greeks associated small and non-erect penises with moderation, which was one of the key virtues that formed their view of ideal masculinity. There is the contrast between the small, non-erect penises of ideal men, heroes, gods, nude athletes, etc., and the oversized, erect penis of sitars, mythic half-goat men, who are drunkards and willfully lustful, and various non-ideal men. Decrepit elderly men, for instance, often have large penises. The ideal Greek man was rational, intellectual, and authoritative, and his small penis allowed him to remain coolly logical. Not only that, but a smaller dick actually meant you were more virile because the sperm had less distance to travel, so you had a higher chance of impregnating someone. The small dick sort of man was walking around getting everybody knocked up while the riffraff was tripping over their burdensome dicks. 
While modern science has disproved this theory, the Greeks could be forgiven for believing it. What was considered important was muscles, which is why all the statues are such a beef show. To quote the Greek play Clouds, If you do these things I tell you, and bend your efforts to them, you will always have a shining breast, a bright skin, big shoulders, a minute tongue, a big rump, and small prick. But if you follow the practices of today, for a start, you'll have a pale skin, small shoulders, a skinny chest, a big tongue, a small rump, a big prick, and a long-winded decree. The Greek preference for a small dick had such a lasting legacy, it persisted up into Renaissance times where, despite the fact that big dicks were no longer such an undesirable characteristic, Renaissance art still patterned itself off of ancient Greek ideals and carried the small dick theme for centuries. As it turns out, there's no one preferred beauty standard, and what is considered desirable shifts from society to society and time period to time period. If anything, these days, beauty standards shift much quicker. In the course of a single lifetime, you could have seen the ideal female figure shift from a thin, flat-chested flapper to the exaggerated curves of Marilyn Monroe back to the thin figure of Twiggy. There is no right or wrong way to do the ideal human form. There is only what is considered desirable at that exact moment, and that ideal is always shifting. So, if you ever look down the front of your pants and are discouraged by what you're bringing to the table, don't forget that you would be considered the peak physical ideal in Grecian times. Oh, and those pills they sell on the internet and at sex shops? They don't work. Save your money. Cock! <laughs> cock? What's that? It's a cock! Big giant cock. Oh, yeah, cock. In the fall of 2017, a strange pattern appeared in the sky over western Washington state. Local residents began taking pictures of this obviously unnatural aerial phenomenon, posting the images to social media and contacting local TV stations in an attempt to find answers to what might be the cause. There were two Navy fighter planes in the sky that day that bore witness to the occurrence, and as the events garnered national headlines, Navy commanders filed urgent communiques to their leadership back in Washington, D.C., letting them know that they had a developing incident on their hands. For nearly two years, little was reported on the truth behind what happened in the sky that day, despite full military investigation. However, thanks to the Freedom of Information Act, the cockpit voice recordings have been released and shed new light on this mysterious atmospheric anomaly. Draw a giant penis. That would be awesome. What did you do on your flight? 
Oh, we turn dinosaurs into sky penises. You should totally try to draw a penis. I could definitely draw one. That'd be easy. I could basically draw a figure eight and turn around and come back. I'm gonna go down, grab some speed, and hopefully get out of the contrail layer so they're not connected to each other. Dude, that would be so funny. Airliners coming back on their way to Seattle, just this big fucking giant penis. We could almost draw a vein in the middle of it, too. Balls are gonna be a little lopsided. Balls are complete. I just gotta navigate a little bit over here for the shaft. Which way is the shaft going? The shaft will be going left. It's gonna be a wide shaft. I don't wanna make it just like three balls. Let's do it. Oh, the head of that penis is going to be thick. Some like Chinese weather site right now that's like, what the fuck? To get out of this, I'm going to go like down to the right. And we'll come back up over the top and take a look at it. I have a feeling the balls will have dissipated by then. It's possible. Oh yeah, that was fucking amazing. This is so obvious. That's a cock. Dude, I'm amazed that this has stayed. Your artwork is amazing. Glad you guys noticed. Cock. Audio Research Journal, Wednesday, January 22nd. I haven't slept for the last two days. Every time I drift off, I'm awakened, certain that there is someone else in my room. Lighting the bedside lamp, I find the room to be empty. But here is skittering like vermin across a hardwood floor. So I lay awake at night and listen to the sounds of things endlessly circling on the roof and disturbing the bushes in the garden. The daylight brings no relief. It has been raining since Monday and barely any sun pierces the heavy pendulous cloud cover. There is a heaviness pressing down upon my home as if it were collapsing under the pressure of being multiple fathoms below the sea. I know they are not only coming for my notes, they are also coming for that which makes me a man. Even now I hear movement in other parts of the house, even though I share this home with no one. My only hope is that I will share the information I have gathered and these tapes will be recovered so that others will know these truths and will know the fate that has befallen me. The medieval belief that witches would steal men's phallus and put them in trees is real. It is not folk tale and myth as some claim. A lost fresco from 1265 has been discovered behind a fountain in Tuscany that depicts this in great detail. Eight women gathered beneath a tree, its branches ornamented with at least 25 penises, testes intact in an aroused state. Some of the women are fighting over the dicks, pulling one another's hair while trying to stuff a penis into their individual vessel. Another tries to bat one of the engorged members from the tree with a long stick. All the while, blackbirds circle over their heads, 
Obviously, they're familiars seeking to feed on the penile harvest. If this was one lone example of this, I would think it to be a fluke. Just peasant superstition. However, this was only the first example proving this phenomenon to be true. Digging deeper, I found more evidence proving the veracity of this practice. A metal token from the mid-1300s showing a couple making love under a phallus tree with a second woman looking on. Obviously a witch in league with the other to rob this unsuspecting man of his life force. An early 15th century wood carving from Switzerland showing a beautifully dressed woman harvesting phalluses from a tree. And even more, the remnants of a mural from Castle Muscalthus in Italy in which two naked women can be seen collecting penises that have dropped to the ground. Yet another fresco from 1400 Lichtenberg depicting a phallus tree. There are even indications that some religious orders were involved, made evident by drawings in a 14th century manuscript. A phallus tree with two nuns gathering phalluses and tucking them in the folds of their robes. Multiple depictions multiple societies. As is apparent, this practice was known throughout pre-Renaissance Europe. So why has it been lost to the annals of time? Is it being suppressed? These women seek to harvest from men their potency and power in an effort to put them under their manipulation and control. I have no doubt this practice is still alive and thriving in this modern day. They seek to remove from me this knowledge and my root of masculinity with the sole purpose of enslaving me. Let any man hearing this now be warned. Trust no woman, for you cannot know if she seeks to reap your manhood. It's too late for me, but I can hear them at the door. We hope you all enjoyed our cock. <laughs> I see what you did there, you pervert. <laughs> Guilty as charged. If you yourself have ideas that you want us to explore on a future podcast, like our biggest fan did, feel free to call in just as he did to our call-in number, which is 775-387-2278, or... 775-DTP-CAST. That's right, 775-DTP-CAST. Call in, leave a strange, funny message, any ideas you have, and you yourself might be dedicated with a future episode. An honor which you could treasure for the rest of your life. Yes, and we'll try and come up with something good for you. Feel free to join us for our Dirty Talk After Hour episodes. They come out every week on our Patreon and if you can't afford to financially support us on Patreon, that's cool. We completely understand. If you do want to support the show, the best way you can do it is by the 3R challenge. And what is that 3R challenge? Rate, recommend, and review. That's right. The reviews and the recommendations really help. Go review it on iTunes if you're listening to this on iTunes. We hear that five stars is a very popular option. That's, yes, rumor has it. Of course, the podcast can be found anywhere you're listening to a podcast right now. So I'm sure you know where to find a podcast. We're on 
all the places you get podcasts, including YouTube. You can go over, check out our YouTube channel. We're everywhere. Ubiquitous. Be sure to follow it, subscribe to it on whatever channel you choose. It does definitely help find new ears to check out the fun stuff we are doing because we're definitely having fun with it. We're always striving to get better. The last thing we want to do before we're out of here is thank our producers and our honorary producers are... Rolf Hansen and his wives. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rolf. We appreciate all the support that you have been giving us for over a year now. You are amazing and so cherished. Thank you again for taking the time to spend some time with us and what we enjoy doing. We'll catch you next time and hopefully we'll have something just as entertaining for you. Fingers crossed. Bye. Bye.